Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Wash and Daniel. How you be? I can't see your hair. Because I have a... Oh, that was a layup. They gave me a little softball there. For the hat that we have, we have swag. Yeah. We have, if you're not on the YouTube channel, you need to check that out. Oh, by the way, YouTube channel, about to get a makeover. I'm pretty pumped about that. But nonetheless, got some DIY swag on. Client or friend, not even a client, a listener, active listener, swung by the office, lives in the area, dropped us off a few hats. So I got the DIY money swag going on today. Looks money. I'm pretty... <laughs> See what you did there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. He's here all week. Try the veal. All right. True. Uh, housekeeping, odds and ends. Boot camp has started, so you missed your chance there. Sorry. It's awesome. Rockin', by the way. First uh, first week was amazing. So now you're going to have to go onto the website, and uh, you're going to have to pay the high dollar for that. But it'll probably still be worth it. I think it will be worth it, actually, the content that we're putting out in the boot camp. It's pretty exciting. I hope so. Yeah. Anyways, well, yeah, but you go from 99 bucks to 499 that's that's a big jump, but I still think it's worth it. All right. Uh, check out the book, DIY Money. That's on Amazon. Check out the tribe. Be that thousandth one. We, we're so close. How close? A thousand, I don't know. It's like 980-something, 990-something. Yeah, close to the thousand mark. Be that thousand person. And that's the DIY tribe one. Oh, yeah. can't just well, type yeah, in the tribe. Was like, I can't find the tribe. I was like, the DIY tribe. But I think soon Not we're going to switch that over. Just the DIY we're going to switch that over to the page, I think, to just give the goodness to all the people, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. All right, let's go. We got a question from Zach today. It's good. It's a good one. Zach, what do you got? DIY! Hello, my name is Zach. Uh, I'm 28, and I live in Ohio with my wife. Uh, we've been investing for about the last four and a half years uh, into my works 401k, and then uh, an individual IRA for both my wife and myself, and they're both Roths. Um, looking at the future, especially with the amount of debt that we've accumulated because of the coronavirus as a nation, my question is concerning the value of the money that I've invested and that I put in. How is that going to be impacted down the road with the growing amount of debt that we have? and the value of money just in general. Thank you. Okay, Zach, uh, great question, first of all. You're not alone. I would say that you're in the minority at your age to be asking such a question. It's a good question. It's a great question. So bravo for you for sort of going into the weeds. However, that being said, if you didn't pick that up on your own, for example, let's say, and you just have to be honest with yourself, because a lot of people will come to this conclusion after reading, doing research, and maybe that's you. But how uh, the flip side, many people will come to the conclusion because someone's chirping in their ear. Someone's chirping in their ear about you know debt levels and the state of the fiat currency and the fact that we're all going to basically be you know uh, bankrupt tomorrow and Weimar Republic and dollars going to be worth nothing. And if that's the case. 
I encourage you to probably just tune those people out and start doing your own research. Now, why do I say that? I say that because at 43 years of age, in the business for 20 plus years, when I first started as a broker, and I mean like... I went in, hey, here's a phone, here's a phone list. It wasn't a phone book. These were qualified people. But here's your list of people to call today. And we had to make something like 400 calls a day. 399.5 of them hung up on you and yelled at you. It was terrible. The reason for the call today, John, is something just came across But ultimately, desk, that's what we did. And day I've one, I mean, it was the first week. I'll never forget this old-timer, Bill Ignello. I still remember his name. I can see him. He had a disheveled tie, shirt half untucked. But he'd been in the business for like 80 years. And he walked by, and he knew, look, I had an in. You know, my father owned the firm, so that was my in. But I'll tell you right, right now, it was like playing for your dad as a sports team. That certainly didn't give me much benefit. If anything, I had to work harder. And I was looked upon probably not that favorably by my coworkers. But I remember Bill came along, and he said, Quint, Find yourself a new profession. He said, do not go into this profession. I said, Bill, what are you talking about? He goes, the state of this country, it's over. He goes, it's over. He goes, the debt levels we have, the printing that's transpiring, I said, it's done. He said, do not go into this business. You're a bright young man. I know your dad would probably be killing me if I said this to you, but find something else to do. Well, I'm thankful that I didn't heed that advice and I stayed in this business. What would you have done? Provide the people of this community with propane and propane accessories. I don't know. Be a teacher, probably. That's honestly, solid. I would have been a teacher and a coach. Actually, coached basketball. Oh, I get. Secretly, I still want to do that someday. You can. Anyways, why do you have to throw me a curveball like that? I'm on the. It's an honest question. All right, let's keep going. Anyways, Zach, in 1950, we got out of World War II. Debt to GDP was a hundred percent. Debt to GDP. Let me not just throw that out there very quickly. Let me just say that. By 1970, debt to GDP had gone down to 35%, which means we had paid off 65% of our debt to GDP, as well as the GDP had grown considerably. Don't forget there's two sides of the equation. However, in 1970, we were then thrust into a recession. Here's the one thing you have to understand, Zach, is that everyone always is going to talk about the United States debt they're not going to talk about the other side of the balance sheet. In fact, I have never heard anyone say, but wow, the United States has an unbelievable asset side of the balance sheet. You know, small things like the Grand Canyon or any national park. Or how about our national oil reserves? How about Alaska? I mean, we run into real problems. We'll just sell Alaska. I mean, I'm joking, but I'm really not. We're going to see a time period where I think municipalities, local, state, city governments are going to have to sell off a lot of their assets to meet liabilities. That's going to be fine, in my opinion. People will probably kick and scream that parks are going to turn into condos, duplexes, etc. But I think it's going to be just fine, and it's going to shore up their balance sheet. Zach, you, it's great to know. You should research it. But please understand all the variant views. And the simple fact that if you listen to somebody like a Warren Buffett, which every person that wants to go down an investing path, I encourage to read, study Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. And you will notice he understands debt. 
He understands the fiscal responsibility that people have, that our country has, the challenges that we face. Doesn't change his investment strategy. Doesn't change what he feels is long-term capital uh, views or capital appreciation opportunities in this country. And obviously, he's done exceptionally well. We have debt to GDP right now around 100%. GDP is growing again. We just got out of a recession. And ultimately, there's a lot of talk about, oh, man, the dollar is just going to collapse or this, that, and the other. Again, I've been hearing it. For my entire career, it's always been wrong. It hasn't changed my investment strategy one bit. I'm optimistic on the future of America. It's good. Done. But let's say you weren't optimistic on the future of the actual U.S. dollar. One of the things you would probably do is try not to hold U.S. dollars, but instead turn those U.S. dollars into some type of investment vehicle that could grow independent of the U.S. dollar, right? So I would say to a younger person, 28, 26, his wife that's concerned about the U.S. dollar is pay off debt. Mm-hmm. So you can actually own those tangible assets you have outright. Sure. But in his 401k and Roth IRAs, he would probably just want to not hold dollars but hold investments. Hold stocks. Which is what he's doing. Absolutely so right. So Zach, by nature of investing in your IRA and 401k, you are, in effect, hedging against uh, a dollar that you know is weaker in the future. And you might go, well, yeah, but I'm investing in American com- uh, companies. But think about Apple, for instance. Uh, Apple, one of the largest companies in the indices that you might be investing in in those accounts, has about 33, 35% of its sales coming from uh, the Americas. Yeah. Or, yeah, the others amount, 65 includes, overseas. Yeah, not just the United States of America, but the actual Americas. So then you add in China and Euro- uh, Europe and all of those areas. And actually, the vast majority of their sales are really coming, sales and profit are coming from uh, around the world in non-dollar terms. Uh, So therefore, uh, you could either shift your investments to not be correlated at all the U.S. companies or understand that most of the U.S. companies are getting tons of their sales from uh, overseas as well. And in effect, by just buying a broad basket uh, of, you know, large companies who are global, you are getting, in effect, uh, a hedge against a falling dollar. Everyone believes they understand how this will play out, and they're always wrong. What I mean by that is you have to understand you can't just draw a conclusion from debt to GDP or uh, the fiscal budget or the uh, deficits that we have that we run in this country and assume you know the outcome. It'd be like imagine being the opponent of Rocky. Like you're pummeling Rocky and you're like, Oh, this guy's done. He's done. But he's not done. That's not the way the movie was written. He keeps coming back, and he wins. America is a lot like that. And people that I have found that that f- that feel they know how this is going to play out, and it's doom and gloom, and it's zombie, they get very angry when there are new solutions. And you might not like the solutions, but they could be there. For example, we might go through a housing slowdown at some point, all of a sudden— they introduce a 50-year mortgage. And now all of a sudden the housing boom is back on. Now people, you like, that's stupid. People, I can't believe it. Doesn't matter. Absolutely doesn't matter. 30-year mortgage was new at some point. Uh, exactly. How about a 100-year treasury bond? In fact, many people believe that we should refinance all of our debt into a 100-year treasury bond and the rest of the world would buy it right now. And they're probably right. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it be the case that we privatize Social Security? All of a sudden, oh, Social Security is terrible. It's awful. I can't believe it. Boom. Half of it goes into the market. Holy cow. What would that do to the stock market? So we don't know. And you have to understand the resilience of this country. 
The resilience of this country is greater than anything, anything in the world. And if you don't know or believe that, my challenge to you is to travel, to understand, and and really get a glimpse of for what the rest of the world is all about. Simple things like us executing on our vaccinations is because we can stand in line. We know that they have enough. We trust they have enough. The volunteer says what to do, and we can stand in line. I've been in countries where we have enough food or we have enough something for them. They won't stand in line. Pandemonium. Because they don't believe you have enough. They don't believe you're telling the truth. So we have faith, and and we have this sort of system in our country that works, and it will continue to work. Invest. Zach, educate yourself. Be aware. I'm very aware of our situation. Uh, it leads me to do things like pay off debt, invest in tangible assets, own gold in my portfolio, et cetera, things like that. But I do not take the next step, and that's what I want to caution you, of crawling into the bunker and thinking that we know how this plays out and that Rocky will fall on the mat and he will die and will not win the fight because America is not like that. We're strong. Well, American debt is not inherently bad debt. Exactly. What else you got? We won't unpack that whole argument. We're out of time. All right. We're going to wrap it up there. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.